know of the unicorn? Not a lot. That's why I'm asking you. The secret of that ship is known only to my family. It's been passed down from generation to generation. My granddaddy himself, with his dying breath, told me the tale. And? Gone. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Won't you come to your body? This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. They're going to eat our good. This is episode something, because I'm not on my script. 298. 298. That's right, 298. And uh, if you're this is your first episode, welcome. If you are, you've been with us the whole time, God bless you. And if you're just returning at all, we really appreciate it. That's amazing. Yeah. Tonight, we're talking about The Adventures of Tintin, the animated 2000... So it's a recycling documentary. It is. It is. It's what happens to the can when it goes from it's, the place. It's, it's all done in Schoolhouse Rock um, rhyme and, and song. Yeah. It tells us how recycling is done. It, unfortunately, Steven they... Steven Spielberg directed documentary. Un, unfortunately, they, they made the can anamorphic, and what happens to it's pretty horrific, and it, it's kind of horrifying. You know, it's like at the end of Toy Story 3, you know, it's there's tears and... Uh, it's like a cross between Toy Story 3 and The Brave Little Toaster all at the same time. It's just really, yeah. sad, really sad. <laughs> uh, the Adventures of Tintin, 2011's animated adventure of Tintin based on the comic of the same name. Spielberg did direct this, as Sam alluded to. And I am Sean Allred, and joining me this wonderful evening is Andrew Wishes the Two Cops Were the Cops from Hot Fuzz Jimison. Well, hello, Nightbird. <laughs> all right mr rogers wasn't expecting that of all the voices you could have given me from this movie i'm surprised you went that way uh and sam wishes he had this dog vector oh yes that dog would not chew the uh, microphone on the end of my headset i'm sure yeah snowy would be a good dog not schnitzel schnitzel no, she's not responding. She doesn't care. <laughs> so, uh, Sean. Yeah. I just want you to know if if anything I got out of this movie in in terms of offing you. Okay. I would certainly. First of all, it would have to be hitting you on the head with something because there was a lot of hitting of the head. Yes, there was in this movie. Tons of hitting of the head. Yeah. So I'd probably take one of those cargo cranes and just whop you on the head with cargo crane. <laughs> the ones that they were sword fighting at the end. Just just exactly. a little. Exactly. Yeah. A, Thunk, right in the back of the head. Nice. <laughs> I like that idea. Kind of, maybe even just kind of squishy into the ground, because I'm sure there would be very little resistance. Yeah, no, uh, from, would not. from that into uh, into you. Yeah, I think that's actually probably one of the least painful ones you give me, because I think it would be pretty instant. So, um, yeah. I guess there's head a, injuries are a lot of times. Yeah, there's a, there's a piece of mercy there, I guess. Um, all right. Well, it's um, 2011's Ten Ten uh, Adventures of. Let's dive into it, shall we? Um, any of us seen this before, this viewing? I have. Yes, I had, I had a little while I ago. Yep. Okay. I try to catch all of Spielberg's stuff. So, I honestly, when this came out, didn't realize it was Spielberg. I don't know how I missed it. Mm. But. Yeah, we, I know we talked about it last week. It came out like the same exact time as something else. And um, it, it also doesn't really help the movie that it is... Um, that Tintin is not an American comic book. It came out the same year as War Horse. That's what it was. Uh, it's not an American comic, so we just we just don't care about it. Yeah, and and so that's partly why I think it didn't have a great, um, like a great wide theater release here. 
But I do remember seeing it in the um, the previews, thinking, "Well, this looks kind of fun and adventurous." And and I remember watching it with my wife, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago, um, after it came out when it was on video to rent. Uh, I remember watching it with her and just kind of having a good time with it, and just thought, "Okay, well, I'm glad I watched it. Now let's never think about it again." And <laughs> yeah, it's it is kind of that kind of movie, though. It. It almost feels like a, a, an installment in a TV series type of thing, or you know, the old uh, uh, Young Adventures of Indiana Jones, or mm-hmm. something along that lines. Of where it's it's not quite mega movie material, but it's at least interesting to watch uh, when you're watching it the first time. Watching it the second time, since I knew what was going on and knew what was happening, was not as joyous as the uh, as the first time for me. At least. Oh, interesting. Okay. Andrew, um, we'll we'll, yep. we'll do our five word review. I'm just I'm I'm curious as how you kind of received it going for the first time. Well, I mean that kind of is my five word review. Um, I, I, I was just gonna say I'll go ahead and say it then. Okay, it's much better than I expected. Okay, um, but at the same time, it's not something I kind of agree with you. It's not something that I would want to watch again immediately. Or uh, often, but I, I still enjoyed it for what it was. All right, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I guess, Sam, I kind of skipped over you. Normally, you do first of the five word review. If you want to go ahead and just slap us in the face with that, and then we'll we'll just roll from there. Assuming your controller batteries are good and all that. Um, oh, I had muted because I was yawning a big yawn. No, Am I appreciate I that. No, yeah, you're good. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, believe it or not, I caught myself in. Oh. There you are. Oh, there it is. No, sorry, I didn't mean to blow, um, blow up your phones. Guys. Okay, so so I've got two of them here uh, tonight, and the first one is uh, kinetic energy never stop action. Okay, right, and the second one is just Spielberg on constant cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there is there is one thing about this movie that it is. There is always something moving, and I I don't even know if the camera ever really stays in one spot in this entire movie, but this whole movie is all motion, and what's really weird, and what I kind of saw this time especially was there wasn't a whole lot of blurred background motion. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. If, so, if you're watching a movie, you know they're, they're going to focus on the hero, and then everything in the background might be moving, but it's all in, in not in focus. If you watch this movie, pretty much everything is clean as day, detailed. Uh, detailed, and yeah. that's that kind of. I don't know if it bothers me, but sometimes it takes me out of the movie. I know it's a cartoon. I know it's a it's a comic book adaptation and and computer generated, but it just that makes it feel weird to me. We talk about the uh, the uncanny valley, right? Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the what's that Christmas movie? The train. Um, the Polar Express. The Polar Express, which was gorgeous, except they all looked like soulless creatures inhabiting a planet, right? <laughs> this, I think Spielberg and his animators did an incredible job, if anything, giving these characters souls. Yeah. And and, and making them look like actual things that are weighted and in the world. Um, so, obviously, the technology took a, a giant move forward, um, but... That whole uh, motion blur that that I guess wasn't there kind of again gave me the uncanny valley a little bit in this. Interesting. Yeah, I yeah. have to agree. I I think that if you are comparing this to other motion cap movies, this one I think is the most well done, um, and and not in the sense that it's not bleeding, but it's. It's well. Um, what's the word I'm trying to to say here? I, it it just catches you differently than other ones do for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well the 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 real big difference between this and Frozen, right? Because Frozen is truly just animation, whereas yeah. this is 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 motion capture uh, or mocap, as you'll hear us referred later. And and that's the big difference. And and I think talking about the technology and the leaps and bounds that it made, um, Spielberg when he wanted to do this, he originally wanted to do it as a film. He wanted it live, and he oh, called wow. his buddy Peter Jackson and said, "Hey, 
um, what's Weather Studios doing? I need I need some help. He's like, okay, what you got? And he goes, I want to do this thing. And he goes, I love the adventures of Tintin. You have to do it animated. There's no way you could do it justice with real people. And so he kind of sold him. I'm stealing a little bit of my trivia, but, um, but th- that to me, I think was the best decision was to make this an animated. Um, yeah, and I, I and I also love that it's motion captured, not stylized animation like Frozen. Um, I, I think that movie. I, I think Sam, you mentioned the weight of objects and things. Uh, I yes. think it. I think it. I think this movie does a really good job of that thing. Of yeah, of making you kind of forget that you're watching an animation because um, there are sometimes you I, for me I kind of forget that it's it's you know <laughs> you know there's there's the, the scene in the city where he's going on the motorbike that, is just out of this world in terms of uh, of living in the world they've created I just yeah. my jaw for even the second time was a gap and and in just watching that scene and, and the mastery behind it. It was just gorgeous. Well, and it's funny, we're on the heels of the movie Extraction, which had one of the greatest, if not the greatest, <laughs> single-shot action scenes in the history of film. And yeah. and then this movie gives you another probably four and a half to five minutes of a single shot. Now, obviously, it's all done in the computer. Even if it's motion yeah. capture, it's still done in a computer. So it's not that... The, it's the, not as impressive as a real life right, single shot, but it was still really great to watch and to <laughs> and just to see how everything interacted with each other. Because you would leave somebody, and then then they would, and come, they would come back, back in, and, and then they, then yeah. they would leave frame again, and then they'd come back, and then the dog and the physics of the feather and the or not the feather, but the paper. So in that scene, so I watched this movie with my kids, um, with my my. She now she is now four. So on her birthday, we watched this movie. She just turned four, and then my seven year old, and the four year old, she just liked it because it was pretty colors and the dog was funny. Um, my seven year old got a little bit more into oh, there's pirates and and the airplane and the cool cars, and so he was kind of getting more into the story of it a little bit. And so watching it with them kind of through their eyes. I really had a good time with this movie more on the second viewing than the first. So I'm kind of opposite of you, Sam, in that aspect is that like I knew what was coming and I kind of got excited like, Ooh, my son's going to like this part, you know, like especially the city where the, with the dam that we're talking about, like I said, hang on, this is going to be cool. And of course his first question is why didn't they just take the tank? They should have just taken the tank instead of a motorcycle. (laughs) I'm like, well, they don't just leave the keys to that line around, pal. And he goes, they should have taken the tank. And I'm like, okay, buddy. <laughs> but not like the movie's not about just wanting destruction. And then literally I get that out of my mouth. And then the guy does the trope of backwards bazooka shooting, right? And blows up the <laughs> dam. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, never mind. <laughs> um and the whole bit with the hotel and stuff. So like that I mean it was all funny and, and, and they had it my kids had a good time. So my my five word review, uh, and again, Sam, you mentioned it already, the Polar Express. Yeah. So my five word review is what the polar what Polar Express should be. Yes. Yes. Because what do you what did they get wrong? I just this this literally is a master class in, in, in making these things feel real, where yeah. the Polar Express just freaks me out. I don't. I don't know I, if it's just a, a, a leap in the technology. I, sorry, I'm driving to cut you off. I, I just no, no. Yeah. I was going to say pretty much the same thing, um, and the fact that it's Spielberg. Yeah, you know, like he has yeah. a certain standard for a lot of his pet projects. Yeah, I mean the polar. It's, it's six years after the polar. Uh, seven years, excuse okay. me, after Which the Polar Express. So I mean, leap seven years in technology. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like you look at like. I mean, that's the difference between Jurassic Park and, like, mm, The Matrix 2. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. like, And there's there's huge leaps in between those movies. And, again, Jurassic Park was wonderful in what it did. Or you could go the sure. other way. Look seven years before Jurassic Park. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we're talking yeah, about... Yeah, they were overlaying the film with the uh, with the neon colors to, to, to make um, Ghostbusters look... Uh, 
Yeah, you know, like yeah. they're shooting out electrons or whatever. Yeah, like they're literally they're just drawing on the film cells, right, for that kind of stuff. You yeah, know? I mean, yeah. like it, it's not at all. You know, what I'm saying so, like I so I I see why that there's a difference. I don't know who I'm. I'm on. I was on the Polar Express page here. Um, I don't know if um, if if it's also not just because it's Spielberg, because Zemeckis is a is a heavyweight too. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, oh direct, yeah. He's not light. It's not a lightweight. But. Yeah. So I, I wonder also if it was, um, you know, studio. Like, what was the studio? I'm looking it up. I. You know what? I wonder if if it's in the face. I, I think, think that they, has a they lot were, to do with it, right? They were able to capture the facial movements and the eye movements. Yeah. Where I think I think uh, Panda Express or whatever that is. Um, <laughs> I think they had to actually physically animate the eyes without the actors in them. Yeah, and I think it goes back to that, as you said earlier, the detail, uh, you know, and those little facial movements and expressions and and twitches and creases in the skin and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think that was as obvious in Polar Express. And yeah. I, I know we keep going back to that and comparing it, and, and I don't know that it's really fair to compare it to that, but. But you're you're right though. I mean, it it's well very much detailed. I I keep comparing it to that mainly because it's the closest thing we've had to it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah 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 yeah. yeah. I, I just meant in the sense that it's been so long. Uh, yeah, you know, the technology has advanced so much since then. Yeah, and I'm looking at other movies that are similar of of that kind of thing. The problem is is that there haven't been a lot of truly just animated motion cap movies because most of the other motion cap have a real people in them. You know, like the Beowulf yeah. movie that came out a few years. I mean, that's 07. And so that's a little bit after the Polar Express. And that movie was okay. My, my problem with that movie specifically is that that was the dawn of the 3D and every, yeah. sho- every opportunity they can, they're shoving crap in your face. And it got mm-hmm. annoying after the first eight minutes. Um, yeah. The Final Fantasy, this with the the spirits within. I saw that in the, in the theater. That's real uncanny valley stuff. That's that's worse than. Yeah. Than Polar Express. I mean, that's that's just video game level kind of stuff. So. Uh, I'm gonna say like uh, maybe the the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol, might be the only other thing that we can really relate to it because that's only a few years before. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember that. I mean, I haven't seen that one in a while, but I remember that one being again, as far as the the detail of the, especially Mm -hmm. the faces. And I think that's, if I'm having to compare the two between Polar Express and 1010, I I think that's where I'm getting it, Sam. I agree with you. It's in the face. It is. And the facial expressions. Oh, it yep. absolutely is. It's it's the face. It's not just the facial expressions. For me, it's the two things that that really unnerve me specifically. Because again, I watch this movie every year, and have, well, I've been married uh, thirteen years now. So at least for the last thirteen years, I've seen that movie. Um, yeah. And that is, um, the eyes. The one, the coloration looks wrong, and two, they don't they don't always look like they're looking at the same thing. Mm-hmm. They look, they look off into the, uh, what do they call it? Middle distance. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's almost like everyone yeah. in the movie has like that, that hundred yard stare that you got from like world war one, like shell shock. Right. Yeah. That's part of it. The other part of it is their teeth. And this is a weird thing, but <laughs> it's like they couldn't figure out how to make the teeth in the computer program, physically attached to a skeletal structure on the inside. It always looked like their teeth are kind of floating around on the inside of their mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it feels like yeah. the kids have dentures and they're floating around in their mouth. So when the kids are talking and you can see their, like when the, there's a scene when he first, the boy gets on the train and the little girl smiles at him. And when she smiles... Oh, and- her it, dentures come loose, and she says, "You know your shesh." Yeah, basically, like that's what it feels like. <laughs> like it, there's a couple of times where I just I can't do it. So, um, I, I think there's that. So, and and let's just be also real, real fair. You have the king, the champion, the ultimate in motion cap artistry in Andy Circus on your film set. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, my gosh, the man is a, is, is a genius when it comes to that stuff. And how he hasn't won an Oscar for doing that is beyond me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. 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 I, was this his company that did this? The Imaginarium or whatever it's called? I know Weta did. I don't know if... Um, I didn't look to see. I didn't but he, Andy Circus has his own motion cap company. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, let's see. I'm on the page here. Give me a second. Pretty sure it's called Imaginarium or something um, similar to that. Production company. Columbia Pictures, Paramount, Amblin Entertainment, of course. Uh, Wingnut Films. I keep saying Weta. I meant Wingnut is who did it. Um, yeah, no, Nickelodeon movies. And when I saw that hmm. the first time, my son goes, Nickelodeon? The only reason why it's a Nickelodeon film is because Nickelodeon owns the right to the cartoon because they had they produced a two-season cartoon back in the 90s. Oh, really? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So that's the only reason why they're a part of it at all. But, yeah, I mean, when, when you, I look back at the production companies involved with Polar Express, none of them have the might of Columbia Pictures or Paramount or Amblin. They no. just don't. Uh, most of the companies I've not even heard of. I've heard of... Well, and it was such a new technology back then, too. You know, they might not have wanted to throw... The big production companies wouldn't have wanted to throw money at something that might fail miserably. Yeah. Yeah, and I think looking back... That one being the first main uh, film to be used with uh, motion cap, I think that that one, you know, you could say that's a success, and it was a step to get us to where we are now. Yeah. Exactly. With, yeah. It's like Tintin and 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 other big films that have maybe not full motion cap, but certainly motion yeah. cap people or the Lord of the Rings films, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, gosh, well, yeah, yeah. Lord of the Rings broke so many. Boundaries that when, um, uh, not Chris Columbus, what's his name? Um, directed, he directed Avatar. When basically he watched Avatar or when he watched um, Lord of the Rings, he said, Oh, the technology is ready for me to produce Avatar. Because he had the idea for a while. He just, he, the technology wasn't ready for it yet. And yeah. so once he saw what Andy Serkis mm-hmm. could do and um, Wingnut Films and all that, I still think the studio is Weta, but I can't remember now. Um, Pretty sure it's Weta. I think it is. Um, but but yeah, to Andrew's point, yeah, the Polar Express was kind of groundbreaking in what it did. And so when you're the first to do a thing and you don't nail it 100%, it, it, it doesn't always age well like it hasn't, but it's still a really, I think, a good movie, and I think 90% of it is really, really well done. You just don't look at their eyes or mouths, and it's great. <laughs> um, so just look at the uh, the kids' noses or hair or whatever, and it's fine. Or you just you know focus on the voices, which is what I try to do. Um <laughs> But I, I hope we get more movies like this. I mean, like, I know that Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse was stylized. I mean, that's a cartoon, basically. That's, yeah. that's, there's nothing that's motion capture. That. that was meant to look like a comic book. But what I could, I could also see a Spider-Man in, in the Spider-Verse come in as a motion cap. Yeah. Spider-Man, right? I totally could. Yeah. I mean, be, that would be interesting. It yeah, would be. A, Oh. It would it would be trippy because he'd be like three D and everybody else would be two D and like they would have to yeah. they would have to comment on that right like yeah like you look weird dude yeah, yeah. And, and like you know they 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 didn't they they uh, cut down on the frame rate or something and he would have to be smooth compared yeah. to a lot of what the other people are yeah exactly like the other one had that you're right it wasn't the normal thirty frames per second it's a little bit different so it has kind of a yeah a jerky kind of feel to it, but you're right. Like he would be perfectly smooth and like fully animated and it would look weird and it would be hilarious. Yep. I think it'd be hilarious. Even if it was only for a bit, right? Like somehow they, they jumped in, they went there for just a minute. Um, yeah. Like we, when Nickelodeon re uh, introduced the teenage mutant Ninja turtles TV show a few years back and we were watching it with my, our, our kids and we got into it. It's actually pretty entertaining. It's all CGI, and um, it you know goes along the same all the tropes of the show that 
you know, Raph is the whatever, and Mikey is the dunce, and Leo's the leader, like all of the the tropes and that stuff. And it's it's a fun show. And there's an episode where they're dealing with kind of interdimensional travel because uh, the the Krang, the brain things are from an inter a different dimension, and they accidentally pop in on the dimension where it's the the early '80s Ninja Turtles cartoon, and they're like <laughs> looking at it, going. Whoa! This is what we look like in another dimension, and like you see, the, the, you see the four turtles. Like all they're doing is that. That's that's so far out, Cowabunga! Like all that that jive talk that they did, or not jive talk, but all that like California talk that they did back in that cartoon. <laughs> and they're like, "Wow, this is really bad." I'm glad we're not them, or something like that. Like they're kind of making fun of it, and then they leave. It's pretty funny. Nice. So, anyway. Um. Oh. As far as the, I think another thing that really made this film very good, and I'm not saying that that Polar Express didn't have great voice actors, because of course Tom Hanks is phenomenal in everything he does. Yeah, but it's just was everything he did. Yeah, I mean he plays like three parts, so I mean yeah. Yeah, but the whole cast of this film, Mm -hmm. yes, I mean they're phenomenal. They're just really great, and they Um, fit perfectly for each character. Yeah, like each each do. one fits. I mean, I wouldn't, I can't envision any other voice than what I heard from each one of those characters. And I've seen every one of these guys in either a television show or a movie, and everything they touch, I love. I mean, yeah. everything. You know, Daniel Craig is as uh, James Bond. I've loved all of his m- movies. Jamie Bell, I think, was great in uh, everything he's done. He also did a. Uh, television show where he was a soldier in like the yeah it's called Turn he's a um, Turn yeah yeah yeah, turn. yeah yep. Revolutionary that's War a, I need uh, to watch that's that that's a great show yeah uh, and then of course Simon Pegg and Nick Frost they're they're hilarious and I, <laughs> this whole cast I think is perfect yeah for for this set yeah it it one hundred percent agree it's a really good cast it's really good voice acting it's really good facial acting again it's motion capture so I mean a lot of these a lot of the faces and the movements you're seeing are people doing mm-hmm. things and I think that's just really good and really clever and um i Sam to your point earlier about this being very Spielbergian and that it felt like um part of a series. Uh, this just, it, it felt like what, um, it, it does kind of feel like a prequel to Indiana Jones, doesn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, or, or something like that. And I mentioned last week, I said, this is the most John Williams, John Williams you're going to hear. <laughs> I mean, throughout the whole movie, you're like, oh, that sounds like Indiana Jones. Oh, that sounds like Harry Potter a little bit. Oh, that like. All of those references to me, I'm just, I would just sit there and listen and just, I was just enjoying it because it, it really just felt like John Williams was just having a blast. He was just like, you know what? I'm going to make this as John Williamsy as I can. And, uh, and it sure, sure was that. And, and it works. It does work. It really does. The other thing that I really liked in the movie is that the movie doesn't take itself too seriously. No, because it's yeah. it is a comic book. So the bumbling cops, they were funny, you know, and and ridiculous. but they weren't overly bumbling, or you know, it just it didn't. It was silly, but it wasn't. I don't know. They didn't r- run the joke out of course. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, they're the, it wasn't. They're the trope it wasn't of the droids falling apart or or making fun of each other. It, it just it fit. Yeah. It fit right. It fit the mood. It fit the, the tone of this film. And I, I, I did it. I, I think I'm appreciating this movie. The more I, the more I talk about it with you guys, because it really is a, a fairly well put together, uh, piece of, of film. It, I just, and I keep going back to this. It's because I think of who all worked on it. I mean, yeah, um, Spielberg directed it, but uh, and he got, and I have the, the I, I don't know if it's in my trivia or not. Uh, it's not. Um, one of uh, one of his his buddies that does normally that does a lot of his his writing that does you know, writing for the screenplay, I had to back out for reasons I can't remember why. And he got Edgar Wright to come in and help polish it up. I mean Edgar Wright from Hot Fuzz and all those other movies. I mean, yeah, we love Edgar Wright. 
And so uh, I, I think that stuff helps with this movie. I mean, because the dialogue, I never felt the dialogue was bad. I love the, when he's retelling the story of what happens to the ship and we get the interaction of the story and what he's doing in real life. And it's it's funny and, and exciting at the same time because like he goes to take a drink and all the soldiers there pull their weapons up to protect themselves. And then the, you know, the Tintin lowers the bottle and then they all lower their weapons. Like all of that interaction was really funny and clever. Yes. And, um, it felt know. like a lived in world. It that's, did. that's all I got to say. It just, yeah. it felt like a weighted lived in world. And, and I got to give that to, to Spielberg and, you know, the, the cinematographers and, and the people behind the scenes that are helping you know, populate that world. It's yeah. just, it's, you know, I was, I was watching some of the shots, just looking at the background because you can see everything in the background and very clear, yeah. very clear. There are things going on in this film that have stories to themselves. And, you know, I'm sure there's a reason why this one officer, you know, saluted another officer uh, coming out of a door and then closing the door and looking kind of sad and walking away. You know, it's just like, what is, you know, if you look at everything, there's there's all sorts of details in this that are just missed in a lot of movies that that are less well produced. Yeah. The the, the one thing that I didn't so what makes this movie different than almost the last 290 plus episodes is I didn't take any notes on this movie. I watched this <laughs> I watched it with my kids. Well, how could you? There's there's no downtime. Well, I mean, there are times when if I'm watching it and I get into it and I feel like I need to stop the movie to, to type, I will do that. Yeah. Um, but I had my kids there and I literally had my, my son, um, his favorite movie viewing position is sitting, I, I will lay down on the couch and he sits on my hip, basically on my hips, <laughs> like I'm a chair. And that's kind of his viewing position. Um and I, I, it doesn't bother me at all. I actually kind of find it comforting. It's like a blanket that wiggles. But <laughs> I just, I, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to take notes. So I've kind of come back and taken some notes. So like one of the few notes, notes that I wrote was, uh, ha ha, the alcohol burp works. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not like, <laughs> it's, it's funny in the fact that it, that it worked, right? The joke is that it works, but they take the step further. In fact, that not only does it work, but he has so much alcohol in his body that it like it's like it's like nitrous oxide for the engine. I mean, the engine almost catches fire because it gets so much, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, fuel injected into it. I thought that was pretty funny. Um. So anyway, and then the only other really note that I wrote down is that's not how glass breaks. <laughs> For the voice, um, but I didn't want to get into an argument with Sam about, well, actually, that is how it worked, blah, blah, so I was just like, you know what, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> oh, come on. I mean... We never get into arguments. We agree on everything. Like, just doing a cursory Google search, a human voice can shatter glass, and I know that. The human threshold for yeah. pain comes at about 120 decibels. Highly trained well, opera she singers... Wasn't, she wasn't uh, mic'd, was she? No, 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 they wouldn't have had that back then. Um, highly trained opera singers can sustain notes above 100 decibels, but no matter how loud the sound, if the pitch doesn't match the resonant frequency of the glass, the glass will reflect most of the energy and won't break. My, my point was is the movie is trying to make it sound like just because she can sing, sing, it, like you were saying, like she was all over the map with the notes and no one else seemed to be affected by the loudness of it. And that bulletproof glass was waving like it was a flag in the wind. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. well, I'm, not to get too technical with you, Sean. No, please it, do. Again, it, it goes back to the <laughs> it goes back to the frequency at which said object vibrates. No, I, I, I'm totally with you. Again, I'm nitpicking <laughs> a really dumb thing because audio is my world. But it if she would have been on a note right she hits the note and then everything does it but like she was up and down she was changing frequencies and that stuff was still vibrating is my point is like the movie's that just is- the movie's just making you think that because she's an opera singer and the trope is opera singer ladies break glass when they sing i mean not only did she break glass she shattered the world you know what i'm saying like yeah. 
Yeah. Like every piece of glass that existed in a mile radius exploded. So, <laughs> like, anyway, it was still a funny scene, and it's really a, it's such a dumb thing to nitpick. But I was like, that's eh, not quite how it works. But then again, who knows? You know, I, I did learn because of this podcast, the guns shoot in space. So, you know, it's fine. Yeah, they do. They do. And uh, for some reason, I have a hard time still getting my brain around the idea of that. But they do. Anyway, um, I got a few clips. You guys ready for some clips? Let's do some clips. All right. Clip it I, up. I got a few here. Clip um, it real good. I'm going to be honest, though. Most of them are Andy Serkis because he was the best part of the movie, in my opinion. Uh, but this guy made me crack up. Ten years I've been flogging brick a brack and I missed name your price by one bleating minute. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for that guy. <laughs> uh, that boat's probably been in his collection for six years. He, his kid walks up, offers him a pound for it, and he's like, yes. And then a minute later, that guy's like, whatever you want for it. And he was so mad. Um, the the guys, the, the two cops made me laugh. But we haven't got a clue what he was working on. Quite right, Thompson. We're completely clueless. <laughs> Just, <laughs> it's so dumb, but it's funny. I love all of that. I really do. And it was such a perfect casting to get those two guys. You know, just... Oh yeah, two buddies that are probably in the studio together, like riffing off each other. I just think that's funny. Uh, and here's more of that. It was childishly simple, simply childish. I agree. Tin tin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> it it would only have been better. I mean, I don't think that those those two should have changed, but the movie would have only been better if Alan Tudyk were in it somewhere. Somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great voice actor. He is. He is the best. He is kind of the best. All right. This one's kind of long. I'm sorry, but every... That's what she said. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> every part of this is was funny to me, and when I went back and captured the clip, it made me laugh even more. Just, just really pay attention to what's happening in the background. I just think it's really brilliant. I really do. Good heavens, Thompson. Look at this. His name's Thompson, too. Oh, what a coincidence. No, Thompson. This is Thompson without a P, as in psychic. No, no, no. It's Thompson with a P, as in psychology. Look at this one. A green one that I managed to pick from a pickpocket, actually pickpocketing at the time. No, you have it all wrong, and there is a P in psychic. I am not your sidekick. You are mine. No, Ooh, smell it, won't you? No, you have it all Piggy wrong. leather. How dare you? How dare you? Piggy leather. Piggy leather. I met you first. I met you first. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you did not. Yes, I did. Didn't. Did. Didn't. What? Let's go. I can't hey. stand it anymore. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I love that. I mean, I'm not going to lie, Sam. That kind of reminds me of like you and me, and then Andrew is the other guy there. Andrew's like the pickpocket. <laughs> it just it cracks me up. Oh my gosh! That's just oh, we too... never argue. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I just wished our argument was as funny as that. Maybe it is. I don't know. I just um, I think to other people it might be. Funny. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I, it, I just, I love everything about that. It just cracks me up. Uh, okay. Um, this also, uh, well, yeah, these, these all kind of made me laugh. What is this peculiar? Liquid. There's no bouquet. It's completely transparent. Why, it's water. Oh, what will I think of next? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, he was great. But when the when the snowy gave him the alcohol and he like, his face turned red and his eyes got a little cross-eyed and Tintin's like, you guys should just get out of the room. It's about to. I mean, I kind of <laughs> feel like that's a trope too, right? You know, like um, it's this it's the Popeye moment. It is kind of his Popeye moment. I mean, like, he's like legend of drunken uh, drunken master, right? Like, he has to be a little drunk in order to be at his best. I think that's kind of interesting. Um, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, The (laughs) podcast always seems to go a little bit better when one of the three of us is just a little toasted. So That's true. Um, Who's it tonight? Sorry, I've been failing on my job lately. Well, I was going to say, Sam, you're the one that had the the whiskey sour or whatever you had tonight, so... I think I've been pretty good, though. No, you. Yeah, no, it's fine. Well, <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to make a joke about how you've had time to sober up. I'm not going to make that joke. <laughs> no, if I would have gotten myself a second drink. Yeah, that's true. That would have been something. Uh, here's my last one. We have you now, you devil. <clears throat> you are under arrest, to be precise. You are under arrest. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> I want more Simon Pegg in my life. Which, of course, he's, I guess, our probably our biggest Star Trek connection in this movie. And Star Wars connection, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, here we go. And now for some more bad news. Ready? Trivia. There's actually some really interesting trivia about this movie, and then one that I thought was kind of dumb. Originally, Spielberg was going to do a live action. I already said all that. Um, Peter Jackson, uh, yeah, Weta Digital. Yeah, I was right. Would work on the film. This is in here. How did I miss this? Uh, he did create, uh, he called him because he wanted to have a CGI snowy. And then Jackson, as it turned out, it was the one that convinced him to do the whole thing. CGI. And, of course, snowy would still be animated because they didn't motion cap a yeah. dog. Um, Her- Herge, Hergy, Herge. I don't know how you pronounce the artist, but he has an animated cameo as a little over four minutes in the movie as a man painting. So the guy that's doing the, the painting of him in the, in the beginning of the movie, he is, um, this is played up when the painter asks Tintin if he's drawn him before. And he says, he answers with occasionally, but that, that, that the, what the man looks like is what the artist looked like, which I think is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um, the film was disqualified for a best a, a best animated feature award at the Oscars due to the usage of motion capture performance. This rule was due to a fundamental misunderstanding of the technology. While mocap can humanize movements to make them more physically plausible and less demanding on the animation team, assets to render into the scene still need to be constructed. Assets such as character design, backgrounds, objects, textures, hair, fabric, paper, simulations, lighting, etc. all have to be filled in and sometimes painstakingly by hand. Certain movements and clipping often need to be enhanced or corrected with keyframe animation. That's all to be said. This movie did not get an opportunity to be best picture of that year. And it was only competition was like Cars 2. Uh, Yeah, so... It would have won. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would have. I'm trying to look what it was. Best Animation 2011 Oscars. Um, uh, toy, uh, no. No, I got to look the, I got to go the hard way here. This is annoying. Winners, nominees. Okay, 2011. So, Puss in Boots, Kung Fu Panda 2, Chico and Rita, and a cat in Paris. And Rango is what won. So mm, maybe it doesn't beat Rango. I don't know. I, you, Sam, you love Rango. You think it's really good. I like good. Rango. Yeah. yeah. Um, it would have beaten all those other movies. I'm just saying. I mean, I like, I like Kung Fu Panda too, but it would have beaten that. Um, so anyway, there you go. Uh, also, uh, in uh, this one, uh, Sam, was only for you. Now that you wanted and find this interesting, yeah. Andrew, but uh, I found this one specifically for you. In the German dub, because I know you like the German, during the yeah. motorcycle motorcycle chase, when Haddock reaches out for the three pieces of paper over the canal, he calls the pieces mine shots. This is a nod to the English dub where Haddock is voiced by Andy Serkis. Serkis played Gollum in Lord of the Rings. And the German version, Gollum's My Precious, is translated into Mine Shots. Or Shats. Shats. S C H A T Z. Yeah. Mine Shats. Yeah. Well, that was kind of cool. Now, here's the one that I think is it's dumb. It's not it's not the normal one that I think is, you know, BS. I just think it's kind of dumb. And that is during filming, James Cameron, Robert Zemeckis, Guillermo del Toro, Stephen Daldry, and David Fincher paid a visit to the set. Great. Okay. A bunch of dudes yeah, that yeah. all know each other hung out while they were working. <laughs> I mean, like that just that seems to be the most trivial of trivia I've ever heard. I just think yeah. it would be like if you two came and just hung out in my band room when I taught one day. There you go. But I mean, like that seems kind of plausible because, well, no, no, that doesn't work. That would be like if Chad and um, when Corny was still teaching came over because you were all doing the same profession. Well, that's yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if I went and visited Sam's uh, community college to take a look at what AV things they were doing there. <laughs> 
<laughs> <laughs> to show them how to do AV things there, then uh, <laughs> I like your laugh. That was great. Uh, anyway, I just I thought that was dumb. Okay, here we go. Excuse me while I whip this out. Uh, we decided to do mo capture, motion capture. Um, we, I didn't really okay. limit it to to movies. If the whole thing, you know, if like just people or like an animation or whatever, like whatever you want to do, I'm just kind of opening the book to mocap. So, Andrew. Okay, I have number three, uh, uh, the Force Awakens with Maz kind of. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, Andy Circus in the Two Towers. Especially the scene where he is Gollum and Schmeagel arguing back oh, and forth. Yeah. Arguing back and forth, yeah. The Shakespearean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then number one, uh, probably one of the movies that I've enjoyed the most in the past couple of years is Ready Player One. Oh, interesting. One. Yeah, I um, nice. I got a vibe from this movie about Ready Player One, and I can't tell mm-hmm. if I wanted Ready Player One to look like this world or not. Interesting. You know? I, I don't know. I appreciate the fact that Ready Player One was was real-life integrated. Yeah, no, no. I don't mean the whole thing. I want it like when they, when they suit up, you know. Oh, is, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Like because – yeah. I don't know. I guess part of me thinks that honestly, my my Sam and I's biggest issue with the movie is that they. I'm not going to do the whole. It better the book is better. It's just the tone is a little different. Yep. You know, like the spirit of the story is a little off, and that's kind of my issue. It's not just that they changed the goals, like what the puzzles were. It's that they changed the nature of them, which is a little mm-hmm. annoying. You know, what I'm saying, you know, what I'm saying like. Um, because like in order to compete in the race, you had to have the ability to compete in the race. Whereas in the book, all you had to be was a, was a kid, you know what I'm saying? Because it was was a little bit of a spoiler from the book, but the first egg or the first, uh, um, clue to the egg, it's on the planet where you go to school. So he wanted to make Mm -hmm. it easy for anyone that didn't have resources could literally just go find it on that planet. Find it. Yeah. Sounds so, like I need to read this book. It's a good book. You, you know, would love it. I'm going to be honest you with you, it. Andrew. I did the audio book. Will Wheaton does the voice of it. And it's kind of funny yeah. when they talk about Will Wheaton in, cause he basically has to talk about himself in the third person. Cause in the book, Will Wheaton <laughs> is the president of the, the governing body that lives within side of the, What's it called? The multiverse. I can't think of the, the instance. What's it called? The um, Oasis. That's what it was. Yeah. He, there, there's like a governing body that lives inside it, and he's the president of the Oasis. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of funny. And so to hear him talk about himself in the future is kind of trippy. Uh, Sam. All right. Um, I've got a theme on mine. Um, my number three Are they is, all uh, Andy Serkis? King Kong. What? I said, are they all going to be Andy Serkis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. King Kong is yeah. number three. Number two is uh, Caesar from Planet of the Apes, yeah. of any of them, if you want to choose. Yeah. And then, of course, Gollum in uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, it's just amazing how they've done all of those those captures. And it's amazing at how well Gollum has aged. I mean, that, that movie is almost mm-hmm. 20 years old now. I mean, uh-huh. this... Uh, I think it's we're, we're looking at 19 years for the first one. Wow! This December, this coming December, and the movie totally has just it just totally holds up. It's those movies are still so great. I mean, there's there's a couple of moments where you look back, especially in the Mines of Moria when they're on the rock that's moving and whatever. There's a couple of awkward green screen moments, but mm-hmm. you don't care because of the whole is so good. Um, W H O L E, not. H O L E. Um, my three. I did Avatar. Um, okay. Not, not the yeah, last. I don't bender. know why I didn't think of that one. Um, probably the same reason why I'm not. Uh, you know, jumping for joy that there's going to be sequels. I don't care. I think the movie's fine. I know you saw it in 3D. I wish I had. Um, I know people yeah. that think it's the greatest film I've ever seen. I, I liked it better when it was Dances with Wolves, but 
it's still a really <laughs> beautiful movie, and the motion capture technology I thought was was just incredible. Um, number two, I did a little um, off the beaten path with Monster House. Mm, um, yeah, we uh, we watch that every year for Halloween, and um, scare the crap out of both of my children with it. Both of my kids <laughs> are, are kind of scared of the movie. Um, and then number one, I did uh, just the Planet of the Apes trilogy. Yeah, uh, those because the movies themselves are really good, and Andy Serkis is really good in them. And I'm gonna oh, I just it just hit me in the face. My honorable mention is gonna be uh, whoever does Rocket <laughs> from Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy because <laughs> that's a dude in a green suit. Um, tiny dude yeah right? no it's no actually i think a lot of the times when it's just you know sitting around and talking i think it's yeah. um james gunn's brother the guy that played craggle craglin i think that's yeah. him i think there are still shots of like dave batista like patting him on the head or something <laughs> i think I'm, i could be wrong nice yeah all right that was fun yeah Mocap, yeah. it's cool technology. Wait, what's supposed to happen? I mean, I guess we could have just said Thanos, right? I mean, that's a definitely a yeah. huge one. Um, I went back and actually, I, I was in a mood this last weekend while putting together furniture, and I basically watched, uh, in the course of about 36 hours, I watched all four Avengers movies. Um, wow. And... Uh, I still love... I, I like all of them. Uh, Ultron is, of course, the weakest of the four Avengers movies. I still love all of them, though. Even though, for some reason, Avengers, the first one, it kind of unravels a little bit for me because I'm sitting here watching it going, wait a minute, S.H.I.E.L.D. is an intelligence agency. Why do they have jets and access to nukes? Like That's like saying that the CIA has access to jets and nukes. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Shouldn't the president be ordering a nuke, nuclear strike, not some council with bad lighting? You know, like these are the things that are starting to, to kind of creep into my head, right? After <laughs> after watching a movie 20 times, you know. Oh, um, Sean. I know. I'm just like, wait a minute. And you're the one that can't, you can't get past the fact that cars can talk and, and are living creatures in <laughs> the movie Cars. It's that I can't, I can't get past the fact that there are human objects in the movie. Why does the car have a mattress? There's no reason for Car World, the Carl Universe, to have a mattress. <laughs> Why do they need hotels? Cars can sleep outside and it's fine. Okay, you want to be in the protection of whatever. But like, I do. Why you what, look at it from the mind of a child? What though. is the purpose of them locking their doors? Can you open that door? Could another car come in and open you and like sit inside of you? Like that's that's what she said. I mean, I. <laughs> Are they built? Are they born? I just the the only f theory that I like from the whole thing is that cars is set in such a distant future that basically humans have we've killed ourselves off, and the only things that are left alive are basically our technology, and so they decide to reboot our society through vehicles, and that's why because the third movie they actually make reference to basically race inequality, not race car race, but. You know, this one car, voiced by a black actor, could not drive a, his his could not be a race car because of who he was. And I thought, why in Carl's world would they have any anything like that? But they hint to it in the movie because it happened in our history. So just, that uh, that happened after Wally. -E. Exactly, it's like post Wally. -E. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the humans came back and failed. And so the robots just became cars. Yep. I don't know. I'm, I can't. I can't do it. I can't turn my brain off. It, it's it's so dumb. But whatever. Um, I recently found out that a, a friend of mine uh, can't do um, can't do any Muppet movies. Just they, they they can't get past the idea that a human is talking to a puppet that clearly has a dude's hand up his ass. You're like they can't get past it. So anyway, uh, that's our show. Good gosh. Um, Wait, what's supposed to happen? Did I already play that? Um, uh, we're doing our out of ten. Yeah, we're gonna give this movie a score from zero to a million. Actually, we're just gonna go to ten. Uh, yeah. So Andrew, well, 
I think after talking about it, you guys kind of made me like it a little bit more. I know, uh, right? Well, maybe not like it more, but appreciate it more uh, for what it is and the craft that it is. Um, so I'm going to give this a a good old 6.9 out of 10. All right. Okay. Uh, Sam. All right. I'm kind of right there with Andrew, uh, kind of along that same line of um, this is pretty good. I don't think I'd recommend it to friends, but it's something that that's good to pass the time. Uh, I'd give it a good 6. Uh, 6.89 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend this. I, I am recommending it now. I don't, we don't always do that in the show you know, where we say, hey, you should watch this. Sometimes we do say you should not watch this. Um, but, uh, I, I, if you have kids, young kids, this is a fun thing to watch if they like action adventure and funny dogs. And yeah, if you want to kind of get past the alcoholism concept, you know, you know, part, then it's a fun romp. It's an action adventure. If you like Indiana Jones, you're going to like this movie. I just, I think it has all of those things. IMDb has it at 7.3, and that's what I'm going to do. I agree with IMDb. I like this movie. I think it's good. I think it's fun, and I definitely recommend it to all ages. Uh, again, my four-year-old Except that it. one. Ex- well, that one age shouldn't watch it. Yeah. Whichever one that is, I'll let you determine. Yeah. 47. Yep. You can't watch it at 47, but everything else is fine. It doesn't work. It yeah, just it doesn't work at 47. Yeah. That's the magical age where it's just... It's all black and white and weird and, I don't know, <laughs> inverted color scheme. I don't know. All right. That's our show. My gosh, that was fun. Next week, we are doing something truly amazing. We're actually going to be reviewing a movie that we technically already reviewed and doing an episode, again, that we already technically have done. But one, Andrew wasn't with us. And two, that movie was lost to... Um, Time yeah, the Wizard of Speed and Time came and ate it or something. So I'm so looking forward to this again. I, I, yeah, <laughs> because I we had a really good time the first time we watched it, and it was a fun episode. And I remember um, just wishing that I wasn't so bad at my job, at, at my part of the <laughs> podcast, that it would have worked better. <laughs> again, but we were all, I think, like, at the time, I was the only one with an actual microphone. I think everyone else was still using their headsets on their phones. Um, yeah. It was, it was bad. I mean, if you think our audio is bad now, just imagine how bad it was back then. So, uh, anyway, my point is, is that I'm looking forward to doing Lockout. That's right. We are doing Lockout with Guy Pierce and that girl that's in those other movies. I can't remember if she's the girl from The Tate. one with the hair. I can't remember if she's the girl from Taken or yeah. if she's, I think she is, Maggie Grace. I think she's the girl from the Taken movies. So, anyway. Um, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, she's the girl from the Taken series. Anyway, uh, and I think actually she gets Taken in this movie. I think um, I, I, could, I, can't, I can't remember why. Nice. Guy Pierce has to break into doesn't, the space. Doesn't the president's daughter go, is sent to the space jail? It's something like, it's like, I mean, it is as yeah. close to a ripoff of Escape from New York as you can get, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that's kind of what this is. Um, right. Guy Pierce, well, Maggie I'm not, Gray. It, it, let's see it again, see if I'm going to enjoy it as much, but I think I will. Yeah, um, and I'm looking forward to that also. And then after that, holy crap, we're doing episode 300. Um, we're looking to do, again, we haven't made an announcement if we're doing 300 or the second or the bad one. Um, we do, we are kind of still toying with the idea of doing some other fun things. Like maybe we'll do, um, a live to Facebook like we did. Sean will dance. He will do interpretive dance of the podcast. (laughs) Uh, okay. That sounds on video for your enjoyment. (laughs) That sounds awful. Uh, so let's not do that. (laughs) In the meantime, leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, um, YouTube. Uh, again, if you know people that like the show, share it with them. That'd be great on any social media or just say, hey, this is a cool show. If you do like us, please please help us out in that aspect. That'd be really neat. Uh, our website's CheapSeatReviews.com. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash CheapSeatReviews. Again, back to the website. You can go there. You can go to this episode sometime tomorrow. 
and say, hey, just listen to the show, liked it, or you guys are wrong, or Sean made this error, or Sam is whatever. Like, just whatever you want to say. You can leave comments Same there. Well. Uh, that too. Uh, we're on Instagram. Facebook um, is a thing, I already said. Uh, Twitter is at CheapSeatCast, and your emails can go to CheapSeatReviews at gmail.com. And, um, oh my gosh, yeah, I burned through that so quickly. I have to vamp now for about 15 or 20 seconds while the music catches up. Uh, so instead I'll just simply say, we still have a Facebook group, by the way. I forgot we had that. And I, uh, I think I posted something in there the other day and (laughs) just forgot we had it, which is great. So yeah, if you like just doing a Facebook group, you can always, uh, communicate via that as well. And that's going to do it for us. So on behalf of Andrew, I guess I've vamped enough. Uh, on behalf of Andrew and Sh- and Sam, this is Sean saying thank you guys so much. Sam. For- <laughs> yeah. I uh, a Sam and, over I, there. and I'm the one that hasn't drunk any tonight. So you guys have a great <laughs> night and we will see you next week.